With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on social media. Give us a follow on Twitter. He's at Austin Huff. I'm Jack A. Gentry. We are the Titan Up Podcast. Go follow the podcast. That's the most important. If you don't follow us, at least follow the pod on Twitter, at Titan Up Pod, on Instagram, at Titan Up Podcast. And we are always uh, under the umbrella of the A to Z Sports Nashville platform. So go give A to Z Sports a follow across all social media platforms. Obviously, we say that every single week. But I want you to stop what you're doing right now and you go do that. Go follow all of those accounts because it's only going to make your timeline better. Like, why would you not want to make your social media timeline, especially as a Titans fan, as great as it possibly can be following those? And after after the day we had today, don't you you need as many voices on this on these things. You got to have your bases covered. Yes. You never know when the Titans are going to cut ties with. Uh, their number one cornerback, or they're they're starting tight end. Oh, so that's a, a little foreshadowing for you. A guys. little foreshadowing is is correct. I'm glad you brought that up because boy, do we have a sewed for you guys today. And this is sewed number fifty three. Of course, of course, the 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 of course the episode fi- number fifty three would be like like so big and so great and so just like like massively wide shoulders and like a action figure body frame. Like that's what this sode is. It's the Keith Bullock of sodes today. And my goodness, I, I was originally going to go with the Will Compton of sodes uh, say like, you know, it may start out ugly, but it will get good looking eventually. Like it'll have a glow up at some point. And but, then maybe um, back to ugly at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Keith Bullock, <laughs> uh, the Keith Bullock of sodes I like a lot better. Um, guys, today we've got John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. The dude has been covering the league for 46 years, not to brag. And 45, uh, covering the NFL for 45 Wait, no, no, sorry. He's been the Houston Chronicle for 46 years. He's been covering the NFL for 45 of those years. So I'm pretty sure if you combine Jack and I's ages, uh, he's been covering the NFL longer. That's not yeah. true in the least bit. I'm so old. Uh, but it's but it's but it's close. It's it is close. close. It is close. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been covering the NFL almost twice as long as I've been alive. That's so, wow. Hopefully he's not listening to this part. This, this part isn't being kind. Yeah, to, no, John, to if him. you're listening, yeah. uh, you, you can go ahead and turn it off. Uh, but everyone else <laughs> stay tuned for that interview because that's awesome. And obviously while we're talking to him, the Malcolm Butler news drops. So we're going to mm-hmm. talk about Malcolm Butler. We're going to talk about John Smith. We've got an email. Uh, <laughs> completely forgot. <laughs> we had emails, but we got an email that we're going to cover. We got it like two weeks ago, but we're going to, we're going to talk about it. Uh, so we'll, we'll answer that as well. We've got remember the Titan and so much more, but before we get into the entire sode, let's talk first about a word, um, a word about Mill Creek Brewing Company, Mill Creek Brewing Company, my favorite brewery in the greater Nashville area located at 2008 B Johnson industrial Boulevard up in Nolansville, Tennessee. You guys have to check it out. You guys have to check it out 
starting this weekend, okay? Or excuse me, next weekend, March the 20th. They are having their Cornhole Classic out at Mill Creek Brewing Company. Uh, 64 teams. It's the first weekend of uh, March Madness, so they're they're doing a, a Cornhole Classic with a little March Madness twist. 64 teams are competing in the Cornhole Classic. Double elimination. $200 per team. So that's 100 a, per, 100 a person, and you get an entry into the event, an event gift, lunch, open bar, door prize ticket, silent auction access, and more. There are so many more prizes. If you win the Cornhole Tournament, you're going to get a big reward as well. Uh, if you just want to go as a guest and hang out up there and watch some uh, college basketball on the uh, on the first weekend of March Madness, it's just twenty five for a ticket. Twenty five for a guest ticket gets you lunch, an open bar, and silent auction access. You guys have to do it. Go to Eventbrite, type in Mill Creek Brewing Fall Cornhole Classic. I know it's not in the fall; it got postponed. But type in Mill Creek Brewing Company Cornhole Classic, and get your tickets today. And with all that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is March 10th, 2021. And Janu looks to be Ganu. <laughs> that's sad Which, yeah that's terrible. a bad pun for such a sad time i know what a way what a way to send it out huh <laughs> just a <laughs> just a hey, hey johnny thanks for thanks for the great years you you put in with these titans here's a terrible pun on your way out the door no uh we're, we're gonna get to that in just a bit uh but because that's obviously that that was the biggest news until uh well, let, let me pull back the curtain a little bit. Sometimes in this podcast world, you do all of this prep for a sode and you're just like, you're ready to go, right? You know, you're just like, okay, I this is what we're going to do today. This is how it's going to go. And sometimes while you're interviewing John McClain, uh, news breaks that Malcolm Butler got released <laughs> and you kind of have to pivot. You kind of have to just throw everything that you, you prepped for and you, you planned and you prepared, you just throw it in the trash and kind of like the Titans did with Malcolm Butler. And then you just, <laughs> and then you just go on with the show and you just kind of have to wing it, which is what J- Jack and I are doing. This is essentially our initial reaction to the news of Malcolm Butler getting released. So we're shout out to the NFL and John Robinson as well. The NFL for having the trade deadline on a Tuesday at three, Right before we start recording, yes, and then we, Malcolm Butler and John. Thanks to thanks to John Robinson, yeah, he dropped the Malcolm Butler news mid John McClain interview. So yeah. we appreciate that as well. We are appreciative when when the Titans avoid the Wednesday afternoon news news dump, which they did for a long time there, and that's been a, a point of contention on this podcast for a long time. The, the Titans, for whatever reason, they would just dump all their news on a Wednesday. Now they've been better about it and they've started to move to Tuesdays, which helps Jack and I out so much because it happens right before we start recording. And sometimes while we're recording. Um, and so uh, let me just, let's get into the Malcolm Butler, I guess. Uh, let's do it. Three seasons into a five-year deal, uh, a five-year $61.25 million deal. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. Um, he's released. This saves the Titans more than $10 million against the cap. And now Butler is obviously a free agent. This is Jack and I were obviously talking about this, like right before we started recording. And 
Jack, I'm just going to say, like, you seem to be a little more like you're, you're, you're more cautiously optimistic about this news than I am. I am. I heard this news and I'm just like, oh, geez, this sucks. This sucks. Like the Titans now have to figure out a way to, per- because it's not just, it's not just cutting costs. You're cutting talent and a, and a crap load of talent. A guy who's, who's been a linchpin in that defense for a long time now. Uh, well, three years, I guess, but, but he has been, he has been the backbone, especially of that secondary. And now it's like, where do you, where do you go to now? But you have been like, you're, you're kind of excited with this news. Oh, excited, excited and nervous, kind of anxious (laughs) as well. You can kind of just roll those into a ball and a little pee pee's coming out right now. (laughs) I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing yet. But man, this Malcolm Butler news, I, I, I thought they were going to work to restructure with him. I really did. Yeah. Uh, w- with the way his contract was set up, you had, a, you had an out this season that would save you $10.2 million, $10. million uh, in, in, with a cap hit there. And uh, Malcolm Butler, who would carry a $14.2 million cap hit in, in this season, I, I don't think him at the age of 31, his best football is probably behind him. Granted, he's been a solid contributor, and his play has really not uh, fallen off a cliff yet. Um, I, I think getting out now might be the right time. It sucks to see him go because what you thought you had in a reliable, sure thing that was the 2019 version of a Dory Jackson, uh, there's, there's question marks hovering around him uh, after the season he had last year. Granted, it was filled with injury issues. Um, and you don't have a guy who on your roster, Christian Fulton's not ready to step up into that role. Yeah. You don't have a guy readily available to step into that position, which is what makes me all of these things. You get the $10 million, which makes me kind of excited, but then if you get rid of a, a, your number one cornerback and kind of a guy that you, you could hang your D you, you can hang your hat on in the past game. Uh, you get rid of him now. That makes me a little nervous. Uh, what makes me anxious is, the fact that John Robinson is really busy, really early. Do you think the Titans now, I, I almost feel like this, this almost makes it a foregone conclusion that they're going to bring Desmond King back. Right. I mean, because, because uh, I mean, or, or they just feel really good about Christian Fulton, which was their second round draft pick last season. And we all know how good John Robinson is at second round draft picks. Yes. True. Or there's a third option. Who's you that? don't bring Desmond King back. Christian Fulton doesn't jump into a starting role. You go out and you get you another cornerback. Probably, I don't know if it would be through the draft. I think it really depends. There's a couple dominoes that have to fall for the Titans in free agency before they can really plan their draft out. Um, but there, there's a couple other options. Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, he was no. he was linked to the Titans in trade talks uh, around the trade deadline this season. Didn't happen. Rarely do, is the trade deadline exciting at all in the NFL. The Titans managed to, to make something uh, out of nothing by bringing in Desmond King at the deadline. Um, Stefan Gilmore would be an interesting trade piece. You'd have to give up a lot, and he'd require, uh, you, you know, he, he he's an expensive trade piece. Well, that's so, a name. That's a name. Yeah, we were talking that's about an at option. The, there, there's a the, couple other guys uh, you know. at the deadline. Mike, uh, Mike Herndon, Uncle Mike, who you guys remember from last week's. So he is uh, he li- listed out a uh, a couple of names, a few options that could fill the role of Malcolm Butler. Uh, big shoes to fill, if you ask me uh, a he says, as, as you just pointed out, a trade for Stefan Gilmore which I'd be okay with. I, to me, that move right there is 
you're you're it's probably going to be more expensive than what Malcolm Butler was and but it's also you're also going to be getting an upgrade at the position so you're paying a little bit more for more talent so maybe that's why and you you obviously can't fit both a Stefan Gilmore and a Malcolm Butler no in the way. same defensive secondary. Or you I mean, just I mean, made of money and not, not everyone is. <laughs> yeah. Or really even any of the other viable options in free agency at the corner position, William Jackson, the third Ronald Darby. Yes. Um, Those are the other names that uh, Mike Bouye, AJ Bouye, which would be fun just to say every week, AJ Bouye. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's got a suspension to, to start the season, but I'm not positive about that. But um, and and then uh, really and then he also threw out drafting J.C. Horn too. But uh, the draft is a whole yeah, different conversation. I think the draft is a complete, completely different conversation right now. You got to b- before talking draft, we really just got to talk about needs and with what the Titans did today with Malcolm Butler and also it looks like Johnu Smith, who we'll get to in a second, looks like he's played his last game as a Titan. Mm-hmm. This. I, I compared it to a grocery list with John McClain on. Yeah. And I think that, I, you know, with time, it's kind of grown on me a little bit, this this analogy that I've made here. Not all of them work, but this one I think makes a little <laughs> sense. No, I don't know, dude. I, I'd, I'd say I'd say most of our analogies tend to work. They tend well, they work with us too. It just depends on how they land with our listeners. That's true. But- <laughs> yeah, I'd say none of them land with our listeners, but they all <laughs> land with us. But so if you're John Robinson – You've just cleaned out your fridge. You're mm-hmm. heading to the grocery store. You still got some things in your fridge. Maybe you've got some watermelon. Maybe you've got some asparagus in there. Okay. Um, some mushrooms, a couple days old, but not not bad. You're um, a very healthy eater. <laughs> well, well, I'm just I'm just imagining John John Robinson's refrigerator. He seems like a healthy man, a man who's about a fitness regimen of some sort. Wait, John, are we talking about the same John Robinson here? I mean, he's like a no. That dude, know. that dude's got some ice cream in his freezer. He's got some. Uh, he's got some hair gel. Yeah, I don't know if that's in your freezer or not, but he's got he's, that he's got some frozen pizzas, some DiGiorno's. Uh, that uh, God, you are hammering John Robinson right now. I look, I look. For, I, he's just provided us this great gift of this Titans news dump right before we record, and you're slander. You're look, hammering him. He is. He is. He may be cutting guys on the Titans roster, but he is signing guys <laughs> to Team Contents roster, okay. and, and he is he is giving us plenty of things to talk about. So I and 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 look, I'm not knocking him. I literally was just listing off things I have in my fridge. So if I'm knocking him by having those things in his fridge, I'm knocking myself. So, but but okay. the, the the point is to further the point. He is he's on his way to the grocery store. Yes. And before today, he knew what his list was. Right. You no, know, he's left the house. He knew what his list was. And he's picked up everything that he needs. You, yep. you know, he he has he has a good idea of what he's going to get when he walks in there. He needs an edge rusher. Uh-huh. He needs a, probably another wide receiver, maybe two. Uh-huh. And he, he probably needs a guy to replace Daquan Jones at, da- or at de- defensive tackle next to Jeffrey Simmons. So he knows that. And he's headed to the store. He's got some time today. So this grocery trip isn't going to yeah. be, you know, in and out. You, the, the, you, you mentioned that there's a couple, yeah, couple there's, different there's, there's kinds of grocery of, shoppers. There's two types of grocery shoppers. There's two types of grocery shoppers. There's the guys that are just in and out, make it as quick as possible. Look, I'm going, I know what I need. I'm going in there. I'm getting my things and I'm going. And like, they just go to, from point to point to point in the grocery store. That's how yeah. I grocery shop. 
And okay, that's good because I am the other way. I, I, <laughs> when I go grocery shopping, I make a, I make a whole day of it. You know, like, <laughs> I, I take my time and I just say, I, I want to make sure I get everything. I, you know, I check the new nutrition labels. I, you know, I say, okay, well, is this the best brand that I should be getting? You know, I, and I just kind of peruse a little bit and then I, but I also kind of walk the aisles and make sure I'm not forgetting anything and needing anything else. John Robinson right now with these moves that he's making seems to be like he's more of the latter like he doesn't have an other errands to run up yeah his cart's full he's happy with what's in there yeah and then he gets to the self-checkout line and he thinks damn <laughs> oh do you think he's self-checking out i feel like he's got so much in his cart he's gonna have to he's not, he's not gonna be allowed <laughs> to go to self-checkout i think he's gonna have to go to have all right so he's in lane number three okay, and good. he's got his big cart and no one's behind him and he looks over and he sees you know, he's looking into the produce aisle, which he doesn't frequent, according to you. Um, the, and and he's looking over there and he, see, he says, you know what? I have some mushrooms at home, but damn, those ones look good. Or, or ooh, that watermelon we have, you know, it, it's it's been in there for a few days. It's not as ripe. It's not as fresh sure. as that really yeah. nice looking watermelon over there. I think I'm going to go get that and throw what I have out at home. And he's like, I just got milk yesterday. And the, you know, the sell by date isn't, in, isn't for another 10 days, but man, I could go for some new milk. <laughs> we could load up. The kids have been drinking a ton of milk lately. So, it, so, he calls, me, so he calls Mrs. Robinson and he says, Hey honey, <laughs> take the milk that we have in the fridge and just throw it out. And, and she's he, like, you mean, you mean milk and butler? <laughs> milk and butler. That's what they call him. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, I'm tired of looking yeah, at it. Yeah, just throw it out. And she's like, "Are you sure? Like, it's still we still got two more years left on its expiration date." And she, and it's provided some great, bowl, you know, it has been a key staple in some great bowls of cereal around the house. <laughs> no one's doubting how right. good the milk has been. Well, let's be but honest. He wants it's, some, it's he never, wants it's never actually, milk. it's never made it to a bowl. Um, we were hoping it would have last year, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it got close. But you're right. No, the point remains. It, but it, so he now he's going back. His list was completed. But now he's just adding other things that he wants to replace with things he already has at home. Right. He says, you know what? Let's do away with this. Let's do away with our starting cornerback. Let's do away with our starting tight end. Those guys have both probably played their last games as Titans. Let me go out with this new money that I have, I've just come into. And let me get something that'll last a long time and yeah. still hold its great, its great taste, its great value, its great nutrition. Yeah, Whatever like, it may be that you're looking for. He was like, I had purity 2%, but you know what? This time I'm going to try for purity sweet acidophilus milk. <laughs> and, and so that's what's happened though. Because he he went out with, with the, the needs that I mentioned earlier. Now to add on to an already pretty thick list of needs. Yeah. He, 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 he now, made his he, list he, longer. He needs, a, he needs another. He needs a starting tight end and a starting quarter, a cornerback. Right. He is. He is going to be. He is going to have an Austin trip to the grocery store and just have like just take his sweet ass time because he's going to have so much stuff to get. And it's that's always to me that's where my frustration lies because I'm I I I'm looking at this list already and I'm like oh my gosh like you know it's it's like one of those um, grocery lists that like right before you throw a party. You have just so much stuff on it that you need. And you're like, look, if we want to go back to the, you know, if we want to throw this party next season, we got to get all of these things on the list. And, and meanwhile, John Robinson is like, 
just adding things to that list. And it's like, dude, this list is already long. We need to, we have to freaking take care of the edge rusher. We need to get two or three edge rushers on top of that. Now we have to worry about the, the secondary and the cornerback position. Like and they, you, they you resigned think- Breon Borders, but like Breon Borders is not going to get that job done. No, he's no he's the villain. He's the Khalif Raymond of the secondary, which we'll get to Khalif Raymond a little bit later. Ooh, that's a good, um, I like that comparison. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, John Robinson is, is, he's not the greatest grocery shopper. The last time he went out to shop for groceries oh, last off season, yeah. he brought back some expired milk. He went to, he, back he some, went to Aldi's some chicken loaded with salmonella. Yeah. Uh, he brought back this Panda treat. <laughs> no, the, the, no, no. He looks so he did, delicious on the outside, but on the inside his, was just a piece of crap. He did his grocery shopping at like a convenience store. Like my man went to twice daily for his groceries last time out. And he it's messed like, up big time. You look, can't trust you him in, a, in an establishment like Whole Foods. Right. You don't get your groceries at a convenience store ever. Let, trust me. And I can, I can say that learned. from experience uh, there. But yeah, and that's what he did with, with the Vic Beasley and, and even the Jadavian Clowney you could add. So uh, in the draft class. Right. So it is, it is like. And, and again, that's, uh, I keep going back to my nervousness. That's where my nervousness comes into play is because we're coming off of his worst off season. Now, granted, John Robinson has done so much good and as good as outweighed the bad, but we're coming off of his worst off season. That's what makes me timid and little, like I'm, I'm, I'm gun shy. And these uh, off seasons are weighted a little differently. Now that you are firmly, your Super Bowl window is firmly open and you have to capitalize now. Because that window is not going to remain open long. PTSD. I've got post-Titan stress disorder from last offseason. So, yeah. So, uh, that's what I'm suffering with. But, look, time will tell. We don't have the answers right now. We don't have – We don't. I mean, we don't even we, – we don't have an answer to what already happened, let alone to what is going to happen. So, we'll – I mean, we're going to get into all of it with John McClain uh, here in a, a bit and uh, plus a ton more with him as well. Uh, do you, What do you think about the, the decision to just not even tra- – if you transition tag Johnny Smith, what that essentially is is you say, all right, we're going to keep you around for $8 million, but every other team in the NFL has a chance to match or raise. Yeah. Um, so, so you're pretty much in a bidding war with 31 different teams, but – maybe the market out there isn't as strong for him. You have free agents like Hunter Henry that have just hit the tight end market, but Johnny Smith's going to be, you know, an attractive guy. Um, but they didn't even try to, to do that. They were just like, all right, look, we have a different plan. Granted, no Titans fan really knows what it is, whether we're solving it through the draft or, or, or however, um, or just putting, you know, an Anthony Ferkser bandaid on it, which I don't think works. Austin Stanley compares him to, the tight end version of Adam Humphreys. Uh, he's just, yeah. he's a pass catcher and, and that's all, that's about it. Uh, so so yeah, it's, that's the, that's it's, the a, thing it's with, a head scratcher for me. That's the thing with Jonu is, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's going to be so appealing to, to teams out there in free agents. Like someone's going to overspend for Jonu and it's not going to be the Titans. I don't think the obviously like the Titans, if they're not willing to even franchise tag him, like I don't think they're going to want to go out and pay him more than they, were and, and how season. about this Jayon brown's a free agent does it look does it seem to you like they're prioritizing bringing Jayon brown back over johnny smith and if you ask a lot of titans fans i think they would have preferred it maybe the other way around hey first thing on the list bring johnny back yeah yeah I, I and that's that that that's what i would have done too but you know you you do have to remember that the titans offense revolves around ryan Tannehill and derrick henry and, and yeah, AJ Brown, right? And AJ Brown too. Yeah, I'll throw him in there as well. 
you just need to get pieces to complement that. And I think you get someone who's decently athletic, they'll be able to complement that. And I don't think your production on offense will slip as much. I do think the defense yeah. is priority. I'm defense wins championships. I think, yeah, you bring back a guy like Jayon Brown, who has proven to be awesome for this team. I think I, I do maybe rank him higher above Janu, but there's a team in the NFL that is going to overpay for Janu and the Titans aren't going to, to match that, but, but they're going to overpay for him because he is such an athletic guy. He can do more than just catch the passes. ceiling. Just is, he can block. He can, we, we've That's seen him weird do, take a, take a, a halfback tosses. You know, like put yeah, him in the I, backfield and run the football. Like he is, he's just a, he's an athletic dude. And that's one of the reasons why it stings so much that the Titans were like, nah, we're going to let you test free agency. Maybe. And I think this could play into it as well. You, you lose Arthur Smith to the Falcons. Arthur Smith was like you mentioned, able to plug him in at different spots in the offense and still have the same amount of production. If, if not, you know, he, he exceeded his levels prior to the Lawan injury, that yeah. is. When, when Lawan got hurt, he had to do more blocking, and his numbers really suffered from that. But now you you promote a tight ends coach as well and Todd Downing. Maybe Todd Downing didn't feel as comfortable with him and his his scheme that he looks he's looking to run, that's, and he thinks that maybe Ferkser is the guy that he needs in that position. That's a great – that's a, that's a great just, that's a great wrench to throw into this discussion because, yeah, it's important to note that the new offensive coordinator is another tight ends coach, and – he you knows these it. guys better than anyone right. else. Right. And you got to think that th- those conversations have been had between John Robinson and, and, and him because it's that's the first guy you got to check with. You, like, you got to check with the coaches before you make any decision like this. You got to yeah. say, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. What do you think about this? And it is, it is, it is very interesting. And I, I don't know about you. I think the only way to, to really address this is the words that Delaney Walker spoke draft a fucking tight end. This is the time. You got You got to start over. If you're if you're letting John do walk, like, it's time to bring in a new one, some it, fresh blood. Yeah, I mean, and I, I I don't disagree, but it's also one of those things where it's like you're putting so many needs into your draft already. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's so many. Where needs do that, you take him? Right, you, and then it's yeah, and then it's like, are you gonna have to wait for the sixth round to get uh, you know, to to get a tight end? Are you gonna have to wait for that new shout out new seventh round pick? Uh, or I guess. Yeah, by the way, I'm going to be it, the biggest fan of whoever they take with that pick, just simply just simply despite Isaiah Wilson. I, th- look, I still want the Titans to win this trade. It's going to be another Cole McDonald who doesn't even make it out of uh, training camp again. Uh, shout out Cole McDonald. We love you, dude. We missed – We I, that was the biggest disappointment of last season. Yeah. Not but losing hey, in the in the wild card round. It was <laughs> it was losing Cole McDonald before the season even started because I was so excited to have that guy on the sidelines. Uh a real Hawaiian, the flying Hawaiian, the freaking pineapple guy. We talked about it. The oh yeah, we still need pineapple to guy. Like pineapple. our 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 thoughts and prayers go out to you, man, because we knew you were getting ready to dust off that suit after Mariota left. You're like, let's go, pineapple suits back alive, and then he gets cut, and then it's like, okay, well, I guess I can't wear my pineapple suit this season. So real quick before we get to John McClain, who had some great stuff, all stuff that you guys will be very interested in in the Titans off season. Um, you you mentioned or we we kind of discussed the draft you know where to solve the issues that the Titans have in the draft which rounds how early do you go out and get these guys yeah Johnny Smith was drafted in the third round um, so I think you can wait for a tight end in those middle rounds and, sure. and same with I, the defensive tackle if that's yeah. what you want to do I agree with um, that. but you have to go edge wide receiver fairly f- almost immediately first and second round I think you got to split one there 
And then with the cornerback position, it remains know, a mystery. Yeah. I, do you, I think do you ben, start over and bring in a rookie in such an important season for the franchise and so much weight will be on his shoulders? Or or, or do you go get an established veteran who may, may come at a discounted price um, just in, in terms of how much Malcolm Butler would have cost you? Yeah, I dude, it's that's the thing. It's like John Robinson. That's why they get paid the big bucks. That's man. why he gets paid the big bucks. And look, John Robinson, we're that's we're we're counting on you because you make a lot of money. We're counting on you to John Robinson's make... grocery trip. Yeah, it's going to be very important this time. It is going to be very important. You think he's a Kroger guy? He's got to be right. That's the team sponsor. Uh, if anyone who gels their hair the way he does, I'm thinking is going to Trader Joe's. You think so? I mean, you can get, I, he can get discounts on gas if he uses his Kroger Plus card. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a that frugal of a man just based on, you, you know, kind of what he did last year to Vic Beasley and Jadavian Clowney. That's Clown true, yeah. You know, spending he, all that money on those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, those are moves of a guy who pays full price for gas. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we get to John McClain, it's that time of year again, guys. Conference tournaments, they're tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. Shout out Derek Henry. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, and you can win $256 if they win. It's that simple. That's that that that's Bet $4 on an underdog in select college basketball games. And if they win, you collect $256. The, the bank is open, guys. Pick one of many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256 just on just a $4 bet, okay? Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, which is coming back to ESPN, shout out. Shout out Preds and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code A to Z Sports when you sign up to turn $4 into $256. It's such a random number. If the underdog or your of your choosing pulls off the upset, that's code A to Z Sports to turn four dollars into two hundred and fifty six dollars for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Here we go. You ready? Must be twenty one or older. Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line one eight hundred eight eight nine nine seven eight nine. Now let's get to John McClain. Punching my cup. Night just getting started. I'm already doing too much. Reach down in my pocket. My wallet missing. Boy, tighten up. Party all on the rooftop. Our guest this week might be one of the most esteemed guests uh, we've ever had. I'm just going to say it. I'll say it. Uh, he's been uh, working at the Houston Chronicle for decades now. Like, uh, I believe 47 years. Am I correct in that? 46th year, 45th on the NFL, including New Orleans and Texans. There we go. You've probably awesome. heard that voice right there on the radio waves in Nashville as a frequent guest of 104.5 The Zone. He is all. He also has his own plaque in the Pro Football Hall of Fame after winning the 2006 Dick McCann Memorial Award for his work covering pro football. Oh, and he's been in a handful of movies 
too, which is just incredible. And like good movies too. I'm not like, not just, not just like, you know, like side projects, like the legit good movies. You can find him on Twitter at McLean underscore uh, on underscore NFL. That's McLean on NFL on Twitter. He is John McLean. John, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, thank you for uh, taking the that, time to join that us. Twitter, that Twitter has crossed up a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Yeah, I think it's the second underscore that it always catches me up because it's, it's. Well, I, when I first did that, somebody else already had it. I tried McLean on NFL, McLean NFL. All those were taken up. I tried McLean one underscore NFL. <laughs> that didn't have it either. So finally, I took the one that I currently have, and I even stumble over it when people ask me what it is. <laughs> at least it's not like, uh, at least it doesn't end with an underscore because you'll see that sometimes where it'll be like John on NFL underscore. And yeah, it's that like, that's always crazy. awkward. The more symbols in there, the bigger pain it is. <laughs> Yeah, I feel your pain. Uh, there's, there's a guy out there with Jack Gentry uh, as his handle, and I had to throw my middle initial in there. I don't, uh, you know, it, it's an A, so it sounds Stephen A. Smithy, but uh, it, it's not. Um, yeah, his takes but, are as bad as the, as Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> John, uh, we were just talking about this with you um, before we started recording. The Titans made an interesting decision today on Johnu Smith. They elected to not use the transition tag or the franchise tag on him and appear to be fine with just letting him test the open market and free agency. Does this move well, – what is this – how do you view the decision that the Titans made on Johnu Smith? Well, first of all, I never thought that they would franchise or trans- transition him if you look at his stats. Now, if it were the Texans – they would say, sure, I'd franchise him or transition him because he's had so many big plays against the Texans since he became a key member of that offense. But generally, uh, you wonder, he's worth more to the Titans than he is somewhere else. They use him in the right way. I thought Arthur Smith did a tremendous job of utilizing him as a receiver, as kind of an H-back. He lined up everywhere. He's not a true tight end who blocks. And I think an innovative coach, and I think come to mind would be Kyle Shanahan, some Cliff Kingsbury guy like that who loves to use a move tight end. And Atlanta's got bad cap problems, but they hired maybe the, the one of the two best cap guys in the NFL. I don't want to leave out Finn Marino, who used to work with Chris Olsen at the NFL office before they came to the Texans and Titans. Chris was hired by Atlanta. He got there a few weeks ago. It aired at a terrible cap situation, but I'm pretty sure Arthur Smith would like to have Johnny Smith in that offense, and uh, so I would watch out for the Falcons. Yeah, that that would make a lot of sense. Um, just from the Titans' perspective, it seems that they're willing to sacrifice at the tight end position in order to save a little money and go out and make a splash in free agency, whether that be on a, a veteran wide receiver extending Corey Davis or, or bringing in an edge rusher or two to kind of uh, fill some of the the gaps that they had on the team last year? I don't see them making a splash. They don't have enough money to make a splash. When you got Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill playing as well as they've played, you know, you can do without Johnny Smith if you have to. They need to worry about the defense. And I'm curious to see what John Robinson and Mike Brabel do. Last year, they went after Vic Beasley. He was a bust. Devion Clowney was a bust. 
You know, they were in on the J.J. Watt sweepstakes, and I thought he would go to the Titans. That's where I predicted that he would go, and then he went to the desert, even though there were reports that two other teams, specifically Cleveland and Indianapolis, offered more money. And uh, so they know what they need on that defense. And and I'm guessing, and after after what happened with Isaiah Wilson, and then on top of Beasley and Clowney, if they will go for more mid-level guys instead of trying to get somebody that uh, is a one-year wonder. I'd beware of anybody who had a big year in the last year of his contract. I am always suspect of players who do that, just like I'm suspect of players who don't have big years in the last year of their contracts. What does that tell you about mm-hmm. them? Right there, when they're on the cusp of making a lot of money, they don't do squat. And if it wasn't because of an injury, buyer beware. So would that pretty much give us your answer on on Corey Davis then? A guy who kind of in the last year of his contract goes off and has a career season. Do you think the Titans would be best moving on from him? I wouldn't say moving on. Depends on what they could get him. He's not going to get $16 million a year like a franchise player, $14 million a year like a transition player. It depends on what other teams believe about him having one season. A great example is Will Fuller from the Texans. He's not going to get tagged. He has been in a tremendous deep threat. He has been last year. He was having an incredible season. First time he didn't get hurt. And we kept writing about that and asking him about it. And then he got suspended for six games for violating the performance enhancing drug policy. And so he had a great season. He missed the last five games. Will be suspended for the first game. And so Will Fuller, do you take a chance on him who's been hurt every year but his contract year? Now, he had produced, unlike Corey Davis, he had produced in other seasons. He just couldn't stay healthy. And they weren't nagging injuries, or as I like to say, you get shampoo in your eyes and you're out a month. No, he had major <laughs> injuries. So Will Fuller's injuries were well documented, and they were serious. And I'll say this about Fuller and guys like Fuller and Corey Davis. If I'm a team like the Jets, and I think I'm going to make a big offer to Deshaun Watson, and I know I'm going to have to give up draft choices, and I got $77 million under the cap, I'm going after receivers to help me entice Watson to make sure if it's a trade, he will make sure not to invoke his no-trade clause. Yeah, Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson. I mean, you talk about Johnny Smith making big plays against the Texans. Will Fuller did the same against the Titans. Uh, getting him out of the division or, hey, maybe in Nashville sure would be nice. Yeah. Uh, just the question that I have now is the Titans are are moving on from Adam Humphreys. It appears they're moving on from Jonu Smith. Corey Davis is a tough decision as well. Uh, it, it kind of, it kind of depending on the day, the outlook kind of changes on that. Uh, are, are, does it worry you that the Titans are having to replace three key contributors on offense? I would, if I were, no, I would, I won't do this, but you know John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and everybody in the Titans organization knows this. How many catches did Corey Davis make when A.J. Brown was double covered? How many catches did he make against zone, man, press coverage? And maybe how many were, you know, bad passes by Tannehill that he caught? You know, it is a really deep class of wide receivers. It is the deepest class in the draft. You don't need to pay big bucks for a wide receiver and have it hamstring your cap like Julio Jones is in Atlanta. And uh, all I say that when A.J. Brown's ready to be 
extended after next season, he's going to cost a fortune and be worth every penny if he plays next season like he has his first mm-hmm. two. But by and large, unless you have a game breaker like A.J. Brown is, you don't need to pay big bucks for wide out. And I'll guarantee you a decision they make on Corey Davis now is looking ahead a year from now when A.J. Brown is going to have to be extended. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't think Corey Davis is is the type of a wide, you know, he's a second wide receiver. There's only four or five, you know, wide receiver twos in the NFL that are commanding eight figures. I don't think Corey Davis um, from, from a Titans perspective is worth that amount of money, but Hey, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting off season with such a weird cap. It's really hard to predict where they're going to go. The key is, you know, what is the cap going to be? I, it usually comes in a little more than the media quote sources is saying originally the floor was 175 million and everybody had plans for that and then they said it's going to be 180 180 to 182 it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't come in closer to 185 and people look at a team like the saints and go oh my god they're 54 million over they look at all those teams that are over and like what were they thinking well you know what they got plans they knew this was coming they're not stupid they know what they're going to do to get under the cap next week. They've been planning for this since they negotiated that floor with the union. And so, you know, this time last year, the Chiefs, oh my goodness, the Chiefs are over the cap. What in the world are they going to do? There's no way they're going to defend their Super Bowl championship. And plus they need to extend Chris Jones. There's no way. And then they did it all and went back to the Super Bowl. So if you've got good cap people, which the Titans do, they'll they'll be able to get players they want to get now as a uh, diehard titans podcast uh you know we we do kind of like to marvel in the uh the woes of the houston texans so having a guy such as yourself on the podcast i gotta ask is the sky falling down in houston like what is the mood like down there which is negative as negative could be. I wrote Monday (laughs) that the Texans' credibility with the fans and media is at an all-time low and only two times in our city's history can I remember it being lower, and that was when I was covering Oilers in my 45 years of covering the NFL here. And as bad as the Texans were last year, Titans had to beat them on the last play of both games. Right. In Indianapolis, they were at the Colts, too in the last minute of both games and lost fumbles. So that's how close they came to beating the two best teams in the league in the division, excuse me. Both of them finished 11 and five. And now I don't think Deshaun Watson will ever play here again. And they need to trade him and start over. And if they decide to dig in and force him to stay out and lose $20 million next season and report for one game so his contract won't toll till 2022 when he's due to make 35 million instead of 10 and a half that serves no purpose whatsoever i don't care who the employee is if your guy is miserable absolutely miserable and he wants out and he's told you why and there's nothing that you can are willing to do to make him change his mind you need to make the trade you'll never be in a better situation than they are right now they've got the jets and the Dolphins, two AFC East rivals with a second, third pick. They need to get those two bidding against each other. And they use the second pick with the Jets to get a quarterback like Zach Wilson, or if Nick Casario, their new GM, thought last year at New England, Tua Tungavailoa was a franchise quarterback, get Tua in a deal with Miami. 
I wrote a column Monday saying that since there's a pipeline flowing between Houston and Phoenix, they might as well call the the uh, Phoenix and general manager Steve Kime and say, hey, how about Deshaun Watson for Kyler Murray? Problem with that, Kyler Murray would say, tell his agent, get the A's on the line, and he'd go to baseball <laughs> yeah. than play for the Texans because he'd say, if Watson doesn't want to be there, why would I want to be there? And if they said, well, you could come back home, he'd say, no, I'm from the Metroplex. I'm not from Houston. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. And man, the, the Texans, what, a, what an interesting season they had. Really, since Bill O'Brien left, it seems like things haven't gotten better down there. But you mentioned a team – uh, the Miami Dolphins, a team that the Texans could entice into a bidding war well, along with the Jets. The Dolphins are uh, kind of like Arizona is to Houston. Uh, the Dolphins and the Titans are alike in that they do business together on occasion. Um, it, most recently, yesterday, Isaiah Wilson, Titans first-round draft pick from last season, was dealt for uh, you know a bag of marbles, really, just a swap of seventh-round picks and marginal uh, savings uh, on the cap. Does does that situation, does the Isaiah situation and, you know, moving on from a first rounder just one year, a guy that doesn't seem like he wants to be there, doesn't seem like he wants to be an NFL player, does that remind you of any situation you you can remember in your 45 years covering the NFL? I haven't thought about it, but I think it's smart. Cut your losses. Don't keep him around and hope, well, a tree is going to fall on his head next year and he's not going to realize who he was and he's actually going to be a player who puts out and shows some maturity or he gets a lobotomy in the off season, comes back and he's a different guy. He is what he is. So mm -hmm. I thought it was smart. Get him out of there. Cause the longer a guy like that's around there, you know, he's, he might influence other players and you don't want that. You don't want that for your rookies to come in and see a number one pick who thinks he's entitled and doesn't have to work hard and break rules. I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did but I think that's smart for John Robinson and Mike Brable to get get rid of him, admit we made a mistake, and then move on. So, John, uh, actually, as we are uh, speaking right now, this is kind of breaking, uh, especially in terms of Titans. Very interesting for, for the Titans. The they had just released Malcolm Butler uh, after three seasons into into his five year, sixty one million dollar deal, and by cutting them, they saved more than ten million dollars against the cap. This is this one kind of stings wow. a little bit, obviously, because Malcolm Butler's been such a great and he's been such a uh, a linchpin of that defense uh, for so many years. How is this? Is this strictly just a money play for for the Titans? Do you think? I mean, your initial thoughts. My initial thoughts are: if Mike Vrabel and John Robinson thought he could play and help the defense, they wouldn't have done it. But yes, they free up ten million in cap dollars. There's a lot of cornerbacks out there in free agency, just as the Patriots didn't re-sign Malcolm Butler and allowed him, come to, allowed him to leave after he made that great, one of the greatest defensive plays in Super Bowl history. So when you free up $10 million right before you're going to enter free agency, that doesn't surprise me. You know, they'll, they're going to have to get more defensive backs. It's like they need more pass rushers. And you get, 10, you get free up $10 million, you can end up getting one, or two defensive backs to replace them. And what good it is a very deep position in the draft. And they may they may decide to use a first round, second round pick, may use both because they got to have help on the front end and the back end as well. 
the, the Titans, you know how you make a, a, a grocery list every time before you hit Kroger or Publix or wherever you go shopping, Trader Joe's maybe. Um, the Titans grocery list for this offseason seems to have grown substantially in the last couple of days. They already needed to fill the need of an edge rusher. Um, you know, the wide receiver need is obviously there as well. When you get rid of Adam Humphreys, who knows what's going to happen with Corey Davis, but you need at least one, you know that. Now they're in the position where they're going to be searching for a tight end replacement for Johnu Smith and a guy who can, who can, can contribute almost immediately uh, where Malcolm Butler took over, depending on what you want to do with Desmond King. Uh, it's, it seems like there's, it's going to be a really busy offseason for the Titans, does it not? I'm guessing King will be back since they made this decision with Malcolm Butler. And, and with a lot of cornerbacks out there, veterans, it's amazing how many are getting cut because they get overpaid when they're in free agency because teams are desperate for them. And let me point out one thing about Butler, three years into a five-year contract. I hear people in Houston media, uh, people complain to me, well, how can Deshaun Watson sign a $156 million contract extension and not be faithful to the organization, show his loyalty? He's under contract. So is Malcolm Butler. So players all over the league yeah. get cut under contract. Yeah. If it's okay for the teams to cut the players, why can't a player like Deshaun Watson cut the team if that's really what he wants? And I know people think I'm nuts when I say that, but I've always thought that it's a two, it's a, it's it's not a two-way street, it's a one-way street. That's the way you do business in the NFL. And uh, I think that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and the coaches and the Shane Bowen and those guys, they know what they need on defense. And they tried last year to solve the password press problem didn't work and they'll try again this year they're not going to back off all of a sudden and be scared they won the division with 11 and 5 record and yeah they lost the playoff game but i'll remind you that's their best record since 2008 that was their first division title since 2008 and i will say that in august i picked them to win the division but i also picked those locals to earn a wild card berth and uh, I don't mention that now. And <laughs> I think that the Titans, along with the Colts, are going to rule this division for a long time. And can't wait to see what both of them do in free agency in the draft. But neither general manager, John Robinson and Chris Ballard, they're not shy about making moves. So there's a lot to come in free agency in the draft for Titans fans to be interested in and to be excited about. John, before we let you go, uh, I would be remiss. I've heard this story before, but I, I got to hear you uh, share it again. And I'd love for you to share it to our audience as well. Um, you and uh, Jerry Glanville back in the day had a little, uh, I guess you, you, uh, you bumped shoulders, I guess, you know, I guess would be the, 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 the polite way of saying it. You guys kind of uh, you, you had a little bit of beef, if you will. Uh, and Which time? True? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's true. There were two true, times. Is it true that he tried to fight you at one point? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Jerry Glanville was a hell of a coach, and uh, it was never a dull moment. I loved covering Oilers when Jerry was there because with Jerry Glanville as the coach, going to the facility every day was like opening Forrest Gump, opening a box of chocolates. You never knew <laughs> what you were going to get. And Jerry had a temper and you were with, either with him or you were against him. And I thought he did a great job. He turned a team that had lost 
six consecutive years. I tell Texans fans, you guys are complaining about one loss losing season after winning division title four times in five years. Let me tell you what I used to have to cover six consecutive losing seasons in which the only highlight of the year was the draft. So Glanville was a defensive coordinator, interim coach, and then he was named a head coach. And so he helped them go to the playoffs in a 78, 89, and then Bud Adams forced him to resign. But there were two times in there where Jerry got mad at me. One of them was in 88. It was the year after the players strike in 87. And the quarterback, Brent Peace, a replacement quarterback, scab quarterbacks as the players call them, he helped them go two and one during the three game strike and they used replacement players, and Glanville loved it, had an affinity for him. Well, the backup to Warren Moon was Cody Carlson from Baylor, my alma mater. And in the first game in Indianapolis, Warren Moon suffered a, uh, a broken clavicle, and the quarterback coach was June Jones. And mm -hmm. I was talking to June Jones about Cody Carlson replacing uh, Warren Moon, which, of course, he would. And June got, got quotes from June about it. And then Glanville, we went into his, his, his luncheon news conference with the media. And he said, I'm not sure who's going to be the starting quarterback. Might be Carlson. It might be Peace. So I wrote a column quoting June. And then I put in there June Jones, who's no, who has forgotten more about offense than Jerry Glanville will ever know. And I knew that would just infuriate him. <laughs> yeah. you, could, you could tell Jerry Glanville, you're a, you're a jerk. You're, you're terrible. But boy, if you act like he didn't know football, he got mad. So the next afternoon, I was in the hallway at their old facility talking to Jim Jones about it. And all of a sudden, here comes Jerry screaming down the hall, just screaming and spitting and everything. And he walks up. And Steve Watterson, who was in his second year as a strength and rehab coach, one of the greatest in NFL history, I see Steve stick his head out in the hallway and lock the door where players couldn't come out in the hallway and see what was going on. And Glanville's screaming at me. June and I've talked about this many times. He just stood there, and Glanville got mad, and he hauled off like he's going to hit me. And I didn't flinch, and he stopped right before he hit me in the face, told me to get out of the building and never come back and all this stuff. June asked me, I can't believe he didn't flinch. I said, well, I was calculating his contract and how much I was going to get out of it. <laughs> and the other, the other time was a similar in the off season, they had made the playoffs and, uh, and I wrote that there's nothing wrong with the Oilers that a season long case of laryngitis for Jerry Glanville wouldn't, wouldn't cure. And so his, his assistant <laughs> called me. This is in the offseason. said, Coach Glanville wants to see you. So I went up there. She said he's in his office. His office had two doors. I went in. What's up? He got up and he locked both of them. And he starts telling me, I'm finally going to kick your bleeping butt. And I thought we were going to get in a fight. So I was carrying a bag. <laughs> I set it down, put my glasses on his table. And I thought, we're actually going to get in a fight. And so then right before we start fighting, he starts pulling over drawers and slamming those drawers. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm looking for an affidavit for you to sign saying that you're not going to sue me when I kick your bleeping butt. <laughs> and I said, oh, you keep That's affidavits great. in your drawer for occasions like this. And then he slammed the drawer on his thumb. 
and it hurt me standing across from that desk. And I knew it hurt Jerry. Jerry was a tough guy. And then he holds his thumb and he tells me to get out of the office. The door's locked. I tell him, well, you locked it. And then he can't work the key with his thumb hurting so bad. So I had to take the key. I unlocked it, opened the door, and there's Floyd Race and all the assistant coaches and the secretaries jammed up against the door listening like in a cartoon. And they didn't come falling into Glanville's office, but they jumped back. And I said, excuse me, guys, I've been, I've been kicked out of the building. And, uh, but I love covering Glanville. He was the biggest of all the characters I have seen in the NFL. I have never known a more interesting character who could coach and was one funny SOB. There are, there are YouTube videos uh, of him like on the practice field and stuff of just Glanville and just his, you can see it. Like after, after, uh, after hearing those stories, I, I remember I, I looked up like old video clips of him and you could just see like the, the dude was a character. He, he was had just- great lines. He was funny. He'd have been a good stand up comedian. <laughs> and uh, because he always had great lines. One time I saw him years later. And I'd gained about 50 pounds and I see him for the first time. He goes, my God, you look like New Jersey in jeans. And I'm trying to figure out, <laughs> number one, I wasn't wearing jeans, but what was New Jersey shaped like? <laughs> but I've never forgotten it. That's, oh, that's, a gold, that's gold right there. Oh, man. John, he, guys, give him a follow on Twitter at McLean. Get this, underscore on underscore NFL. McLean Great job, Austin. NFL. Thank you. I, I not, not to toot my own horn there, but I that, that takes practice. Practice makes perfect. Guys, give him a follow because he is a he is a, a wealth of knowledge and a great resource for all things. And plus, with the way he covers the, the Texans as well, being a Titans fan, you gotta you gotta stay up to date on the other teams in the division too. We talk about that all the time on this podcast. So, John, dude, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate you doing this, especially in in a in a period of the NFL where it's so busy, right before free agency and franchise tagging and everything. We really appreciate you doing this, guys. It's my pleasure. I appreciate it, Austin Jack. You guys have a great off season, free agency, the draft, and good luck to the Titans. Thank, Thank you. you, John. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> there are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. John McClain, the best. Hey, uh, Khalif Raymond. The Khalif Raymond hype machine. I think it should be noted. Titans, not bringing it back. Mm. The Khalif Raymond hype machine has gone the way of the McDonald's ice cream machine. And it's just straight up not working. It's broken. Working. Yep. Ice cream machine broken. Khalif yeah. Raymond hype machine broken. You pull up to the Titans drive through and you're like, uh, yeah, can I get a Khalif Raymond hype? Uh, and they're like, oh, <laughs> sorry, machine's down. Yeah, the Khalif Raymond hype machine is officially out of order. Uh, I, I, after last offseason, there hasn't been really a player that got so much attention for doing so little. Although I love Khalif Raymond, and I think all Titans I, fans do. Yeah. Mainly, look, he had one of the best plays in franchise history, that 45-yard touchdown pass at the beginning of the second quarter against Baltimore in the playoffs two seasons back. Uh, that's a play that will live with a lot of Titans fans for a long, long time. He was a he was fun to watch in the return game because he's, he's like a little jitterbug. He can change directions at any second. Yeah. But he never really was able to break a big one, uh, or at least one that, that went for a touchdown that I can remember. 
And, um, and he wasn't able to uh, stay on his feet on the final. Uh, and yeah, it cost an interception. It cost that Tannehill was, an interception. That was cool. That's always a great, like he dude went off, like literally rode off into the sunset uh, last season. And then, and then this, this most recent season probably couldn't have had a worse ending. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was sad. That was, and that was rough, but I'll and, always hold Khalif Raymond close to, he's going to be a talk about a great. Remember the Titan. He's oh, going to be a great one down the road. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Khalif Raymond, Khalif Raymond is in the uh, Sam Sloman ring of honor. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That he is, he will forever be just engraved. Like if there was, him, Sloman, Javon Ringer, yeah, all all, all hold yes. a special place and woulda, shoulda, couldas. If the Titans did like statues for guys that like we will always think fondly of, he would get one. Khalif <laughs> <laughs> Raymond, yeah, and, and I was wondering, I was like thinking like. You know, like like we do we do joke a lot about the Khalif Raymond hype machine and how people just like obsessed over him and wanted him to like you know especially during last training camp last year. I was like I was like I wonder if like the Khalif Raymond hype machine is still like if there's still any buzz around him, and I was sitting on uh, on on hold the other day before my uh, radio hit on on the zone, uh, on Monday, and sure enough. Uncle Brent and Don, who we're going to get on the show very soon, Don, at some point, um, they, they were just going off about Khalif Raymond. And they were like, <laughs> they were like, look, it makes sense that why the Titans cut him. But man, do we, we that was such a feel good story. We missed that it, guy. It, that's how and I was like, that's feels. it. That, the Khalif Raymond hype machine is still alive. <laughs> that's how everyone feels. They're, we're all going to miss him. But when it, it seemed like he was kind of on the way out when they started to utilize Cam Batson more last season. Yeah. Um, he just doesn't fit in the Titans offense. And, and at some point you kind of got to develop into that, that fourth receiver. And he, he outside of an awesome catch in Baltimore in the, in the AFC divisional round two seasons ago, uh, he just, he, he didn't show much. Yeah. And the Titans uh, signed receiver Marcus Johnson to their uh, practice squad. So look, Marcus Johnson, the new Khalif Raymond. Am I going to be? Can you I got be the big first? shoes to fill? Or, can or I be the first? Probably pretty small shoes. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're not like they're not big shoes in like in a literal sense, just more in the uh, figurative sense. But can I be the first to say? Can I be the first one with that take that Marcus Johnson's the new Khalif Raymond? I don't mind it. I think we got to wait to see the the UDFAs the Titans bring in this offseason because there's always one of them that they overhype. Mason, it was Mason Kimsey last year. That's true. That's true. Watch, watch Marcus our, Johnson. Our guy NWI decided to take that spot. Give me watch, that. Yeah. Shout out NWI. Love love him. Uh, watch Marcus Johnson be the Titans' number two receiver next year because uh, John Robinson has another terrible offseason. I will stab <laughs> my eyes out with forks, with plastic forks. Hey, before we get to remember the Titan, let's uh, – Jack – this is weird. This is going to be, yeah. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Emails. Let's read some emails. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I completely forgot. We had an email. Address. I hadn't logged into it in months. It, it Well, and, and, but, and when you did, first of all, you had to blow away all of the dust and cobwebs that had gathered. Have to I go even, through the security things and make yeah. sure it's me. Yeah. Right. I didn't even know. I didn't even know dust and cobwebs could collect on the internet, but it somehow did. Jack blew it all away, logged in, and he and this is this is funny. He found an email from like three weeks ago. February twenty-third. 
two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, I guess. Um, and it's uh, from a guy named Morris Herman. Uh, Jack, I'll let you read it. Um, well, it's he- funny because it was a follow-up from an email he sent April 7th of last year. Which, and, which is, we, we covered that email, his first email, Yeah, we right? did, we did. I mean, we had to have, right? Because we were, there was a point there where we were reading emails every every week and then we just kind of stopped. Um, I hey, guess yeah, and, and if you want to email us, tighten up pod. Oh yeah, at that's gmail.com. Probably a good note, yeah. Look, if you want to email us and have us read it three weeks later, uh, tighten up pod at gmail. Is it at gmail.com or no? At gmail.com. Or is it tighten up pod at a to z sports nashville.com? Oh man. I I think he gets got sent in, to our I got in through Gmail. Okay, well, either one. Either one works. Tighten up pod at Gmail or tighten yeah, up pod at, at a to z sports nashville.com. Both work. Email one of those and we'll read it. Like we we read. Well, I think we have a 100% hit rate on. We read all of them. Sent. Yeah, we they're get just not always on time. But <laughs> if, if they're a good question, they'll last for through the weeks and still be relevant when we get to them. Well, like Morse's. I was going to say, this is a perfect example. Go ahead and read, read his first one from last April. All right. So he was asking kind of about our thoughts on John Robinson. He said, curious as to your thoughts on John Robinson's tenure on draft day. Positivity with Harold Landry, Derrick Henry, Bayard, yet relative failure with Conklin, Dodd, Corey Davis, Tritola. Who the hell is Tritola? Tritola. How does how does he do this year? John and how Tritola. would you grade his last three drafts? C plus for me, still waiting on Corey Davis to become a wide receiver one. Well, I think we all are waiting on that too. Um, C <laughs> which, plus is which, what he wanted, and and we we covered that. I remember I remember that email. We we talked to we spent a good chunk of an episode uh, talking about that last April. Um, first of all, still waiting on Corey Davis to become a wide receiver one. Didn't have to wait long this season. Shout out. Uh, I mean, he was a wide receiver too, technically, but <laughs> yeah. he played like a wide receiver. He one. played good for much of the season. Yeah. As a follow-up, this is his second email from February 23rd. As a follow-up, do you now agree with me after Isaiah Wilson news? Robinson continues to disappoint in free agency. Beasley Clowney too. Okay. C minus. C minus. Wow. Uh, okay. So did he give him more? Letter grade went down from April to now. Almost a whole letter. C plus to C minus. Yeah. So, okay. So Morris, first of all, thank you for the email. You're the man, dude. Uh, Keep, keep sending them along. Um, The, I, and we have this discussion all the time, the John Robinson discussion. And I, and I think it's fair to give him, uh, you've got to give him criticism based off of last season. No doubt. It was Even one of the I, worst off seasons in, in Titans franchise history. Right. The worst off seasons in, in Titans history. And it that's was. coming from us, the loyal t- uh, Titans fanboy podcasters. Okay. So if we're criticizing, criticizing John Robinson and a guy who we, we have tremendous respect for and, and, and love for, that means it was a terrible off season. And I think, I think you got to look at John Robinson in two lights. I think, yeah, he deserves all of the the slander and hate for last offseason because it was so atrocious. It was awful. And I, I think the letter grade, I, I could even give him a lower, if we're going off just last season alone, I think the letter grade, you could go even lower, a D or an F with how bad it was. And probably an F or maybe, uh, maybe, I, maybe I, I think incomplete. it's got to Maybe uh, like one of those things. Uh, no, that's letting him off the hook. I think it's at least a D. I mean, he made a good decision with Derrick Henry's uh, deal. Uh, outside, it, was, it was downhill from there. Outside of that, it was a brutal offseason. Yeah. So I don't, I, I think I think it's fair, but uh, I forget who the guest was. We had a couple weeks ago brought up a great point was, 
look, John Robinson had a bad off season, but that can't that as bad as that off season was, can't overshadow where he's gotten the Titans to. He has done, he has done enough to get the, the point to where the Titans are a top four team in the AFC at min, at worst. They're a contender, no doubt. Yes. So if you get the Titans to from where they were when he first took over, you got to keep in mind that was what pre Mariota days uh, that I think he what it was, yeah. was the Mariota no, draft was, his first draft. I think that his first draft was 2016. So Conklin, I believe, was his first draft pick. Okay. So so but where they were pre Conklin pre like all of that like it was they were in they, a rut they were in a complete rut they were terrible the franchise. Yeah. it was and it was it was painful to watch it was it was abysmal he has gotten them now to where they are toward the the cream is rising to the crop or no no is that the cream is the cream rising. always rises to the crop to the top the top the cream of the crop the cream, cream. cheese always rise to the, the the cream to the top of the the this is the, bad. The, the, okay, it's like the it's like the head of a beer. <laughs> it's like the bubbles always go to the top, and you got that little head if you do a nice pour on the beer. That's that's what the tight. Okay, so the Titans. Anyway, <laughs> Titans are better than they were when he when he came in. Into Thank the, you into the franchise. But as as for the question, he's asking how we grade John Robinson's tenure, and we, we got to give a letter grade. He says C minus. Now that's almost a failing grade. See, for the the for the his entire career, I don't think you can. I think it. I think it's almost like a. I would say it's a a B minus, but that's only because going into last season, it was an A minus. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a, a flat B, a flat B. Okay. So however, you're, better, you're you're giving a better grade than I am. Well, however, after last off season, if he flops again, then that's gonna go to probably. Since, since remember these off seasons are weighted a little heavier than yeah. the ones when he started, you know, to, as GM of the Titans, these are a little more important because you have a shot at a Super Bowl now. Sure. If he flops two consecutive years, not only in the draft and f- but also free agency, which is what he did last season, then it has to get it, it has to get close to, you know, a C C minus because right. if you once that window is open, he built the Titans a team to to be able to wedge that Super Bowl window open. Okay, but the sign of a a really great GM is is a guy who goes out and does everything necessary to build a roster that's capable of winning the Super Bowl. I think some of the moves we've seen in the last 24 hours are indicative that he's willing to go out and kind of blow things up in order to find the right pieces for the right amount of money to make this thing click for the next couple, three years. Um, so, So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt with a B. But if this offseason goes poorly again and the Titans don't win a playoff game, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that some of the moves he made this offseason contributed heavily to their to the to the you know the failures of the team if if that's how it plays out. Yeah, you remember like back in college when you'd get your syllabus and it would like say, okay, you got a test on this date, this date, and this date, and it would like in parentheses it would have like the percentage points uh, of your of your semester grade. Yeah, you know, like uh, oh, so okay, so this this test is worth thirty percent of your. Yeah, your this quiz is only seven percent. Yeah, you know, it would have okay it all if you don't read broken the down. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you made a great point. This this season is so much heavily weighted than other things. So like, if he bombs this off season, it can destroy his his letter grade. It can it could it could fail him. It could yeah. le- legitimately fail him because 
this offseason is not is not just weighted heavily because of how bad the last offseason was, but it's weighted even heavily because we are in that championship window that you and I talk so much about. You could almost label it as the final exam because it, of how because of how much time the Titans have left yeah. in that hourglass. It continues to tick down. And we talked about it last week with with Uncle Mike Herndon, and he said, you know, I I see, you know, them maybe having a like three years left in this window. And I, and you know me, like, I'm always like, no, I think you have to, you have to approach this off season. Like you have one year left of this window because nothing's guaranteed next year. AJ Brown becomes a free agent. And who knows if you would be able to sign, resign. Well, him. You're going to have to break the bank for him. So you got to make sure that, that the money's right. Right. Exactly. Hand. So it's to like, prepare you, for a hit like but, that. But so many things can change within a year. And you know, the, the NFL, unlike most sports leagues is the one sport where a team can go from last to first and you see it every single year, a team that finished last in their division one year finished wins the division the next year. The bills are a great example of that. Just getting throttled year in year out. And now they look like they're, they've built themselves into a a contender that's going to be here for a while. Yeah. One of the best teams in the AFC. Dolphins look like they're right, right on that path as well. Exactly. So that's why I think this off season is weighted so heavily. I'm willing to give him a B minus based that's weighted more so on the four or five years prior to rather than this past season. I, I, again, I think he had an A. I think he was working on an A, maybe an, even an A plus before this offseason. And now it's that's brought him down to a B minus, in my opinion. So I, I don't know. I think I, I think he. I, I just think John John Robinson like it, it all hinges on this offseason based on whether or not that B minus could very easily go to a D or an F in my opinion, if he fails, if he has an off season as bad as it was last year, I don't, I don't see that happening because I don't think it, I literally, <laughs> it was, I think it was the, I think last off season was the Murphy's law of off seasons. Anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. And I don't think you can, I don't think you could fall into that bad of luck again, no. two years. In a row. However, there's no combine this year. It's going to make drafting more difficult. So maybe he chooses to to go the safer route and hit on veteran free agents that you think can come and contribute early. Uh, for for Robinson to to get that grade up, he's got to find a guy in the draft, whether it's first round, second round, third round. You got to find a couple guys in the draft. They're going to be able to contribute in their rookie seasons and also really help be players that you can kind of mold your your team around for the future because he isn't he isn't hit on one of those guys in a while. Yeah, and and I know Morris uh, hit on. Uh, he he mentioned Kevin Dodd as one of the draft busts. Oh, are we talking Isaiah Wilson now? Oh no, I I was oh. just gonna say I was gonna actually stick up for Dodd because again he is killing it in my Madden <laughs> franchise. So if he and and I I got to give look Dodd wouldn't have been on my Madden franchise had had uh john robinson not drafted him so oh, yeah and, 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 he does get partial the, credit for dot in my book I'm, while I'm we're on the, the only person that gives the him that. subject of uh, of kind of grading robinson the isaiah wilson trade real quick uh f minus maybe f double minus um for you, the for the trade yeah for the trade you he, you're giving oh. up a you're getting nothing in return you're just dick, ditching wilson for uh, very minimal gain uh from a cap perspective just a couple million dollars i believe three million maybe See, in, 2022 but it, look it's, it's a complete and total failure to have to trade your first round draft pick one year after you drafted him and be able to get nothing in return see well okay and and i and i get i get that i get that just the overall like if you if you look at it from a, a 
uh, you know, from like, if you take a step back and you look at the overall deal, this is a guy who hasn't, he didn't even spend 12 months with the Titans, uh, barely even 10 months with the Titans. And he's already out the door and he wasted a first round draft pick on him. I, I get that. But to me, with everything that's transpired and everything that we've learned over with about Isaiah Wilson over the last few years, and even really over the last couple of months, I think the fact that you were able to get anything for him, that you were well, able they to didn't sh- get anything for well, him. I, I, they barely they didn't even get all of them off the books. Upgraded the upgraded the uh, seventh round draft pick, so uh, <laughs> just slightly. So I, let's not say we didn't get anything for him. Okay, that guy's gonna be my favorite player. I don't care who they take. He's going to be my favorite player. I, I hope they hope, take a kicker with that draft pick. Can they redraft Cole McDonald? Is that possible? <laughs> I just want to get draft whoever Hawaii's starting yeah. quarterback is at the time. And even if happy. he's, <laughs> even if he enters the draft or not, just draft him. Draft who's ever the starting quarterback in Hawaii right now. <laughs> we need that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I'm just glad. I'm, I'm glad to move on from Isaiah. Wash your, we can all wash our hands of the situation and just. I, I know he was a, a a a team captain of team content, but I I'm just like to that point where it's like I've got the Isaiah Wilson fatigue. Mm. I'm I'm kind of just over talking about him because you know every time you have to talk about the you, we would have to put the caveat of the you know we know mental health is an and like he's probably struggling with something with mental health and I'm I'm just I'm just I I, I hope he gets right. I hope he I hope he goes down to Miami and has success i, I wish hope he doesn't i hope a... he has no success <laughs> i know I'm, a lot of a lot of Titans fans are probably i don't in your I, boat i i i just you know the way he did the titans i'm not going to be pulling for him i'm just not i mean as a person sure i hope he's healthy and all but as a dolphin as a pro football player eh, i could care less okay all right you talked me into it all right yeah <laughs> as a person as a person i do hope he finds all the health and well-being that he can but yeah, hopefully that leads to him just sucking on the football field. Um, I hope between- the Titans. I hope I hope he's starting the next time the Titans are playing the Dolphins, and he gets ripped apart for yeah six sacks with the money that they pay Carl Lawson. Between the white lines, I hope he sucks. Between the ears, I hope he's great. That's fair. We can agree. All right, on All right. That. deal. All right. Remember the Titan. Uh, uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay, you go first. Okay, my guy is. A wide receiver, one of the many different wide receivers that were all average and never really panned out during the years 2010 through 2013. Um, a, a lot of struggles from that department and from that position group. Uh, th- this this particular wide receiver was taken by the Titans in the third round of the 2010 NFL draft out of USC, a big name player at the time, Damian Williams, ah. Damian Lamar Williams, that is. Um, spent three years with the or four full seasons with the Titans, 2010 through 2013. Started in a total of 17 games. When he, he caught 1,327 yards worth uh, of receiving yards. Found the end zone five times, all in the 2011 season. That was his big season where he started 13 games of his 17 starts. Um, but really, uh, outside of that, he was just another guy. He was a jag. He uh, and not a jaguar because yeah. he. Watch your mouth. He moved on from the Titans uh, and played with the Rams and the Dolphins. So he definitely wasn't a Jag, but he was just another guy. Uh, He never really did anything that impressive, never jumped off the page and was a, I mean, a a failure of a third round pick. I, I hate to, I hate to be 
Which, you know, when, going back in time and slapping busts on people's face. Yeah, jeez, Damian Wilson's or Damian Williams listening to this podcast, like, what, what the hell did I ever do? Jeez, Dick. that's the problem, Damian. You didn't do anything. <laughs> what? Uh, when did he enter the the league again? When did he come to the? Twenty ten was his rookie year. Twenty ten. So was he a Norm Chow selection? Had to be. Had to. Be. I think he was right. US, like the I, USC connection is. Strong. Oh yeah, Norm Chow loved himself some USC guys. That was for sure. And there was a period of time where I'm pretty sure, don't fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure the entire Titans offense was made up of either Texas or USC guys. It was a ton of them. I mean, Bo Scaife, remember Bo Scaife? Bo Scaife, Lindale White. Uh, Vince. Vince, yeah. Damian Williams, of course. Yeah, Ricky Williams. You remember him when he was on the team? He, yeah. He, <laughs> Michael Griffin was on the defense. That is, oh yeah, Michael Griffin, another one. Good one. Ahmad Hall, I believe, also was on that team. Yeah. Texas guy. Jeff Fisher, right. Jeff Fisher, um, USC guy, USC guy, true, yeah. All right, who's yours? My, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go uh, with remember the Titan that I actually don't remember. Oh, <laughs> but who, hopefully, I'm hoping someone out there does, and they're just like sitting around listening to this podcast, being like, they've been oh, waiting for this guy. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, I do remember him. But my remember the Titan this week is none other than, oh, oh damn it. <laughs> I, 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 no, I'm going. Sorry, I'm going with Donald Mitchell. I know, I know his name, but I had D I had, Mitch. I had it all pulled up here. Uh, but anyway, oh, Donald Mitchell. Is, he sounds like just a complete substitute teacher name. I have Donald Donald Mitchell Ward number thirty, and I can tell you right now, I have more than more tabs than thirty open right now. That's uh, bad for your computer. It's terrible for my computer. My computer's probably running so slow. Uh but so Donovan uh <laughs> Donald Mitchell, Donald Roosevelt Mitchell. Ooh, shout nice out to name. Yeah, dude, put him in the Sam Sloman ring of honor of names. Uh Donald Mitchell was selected by the Titans in the fourth round of the 1999 NFL draft. So he was on he was on those original Titans teams those first few years. And as a rookie, he earned the position of nickelback uh, back when they were good and appeared in all 16 games, tallying seven tackles, one pass defense, 19 special teams tackles, which was ended up being That's fourth on the impressive. team. Yeah, very impressive. And one blocked kick and one returned interception for a touchdown. This guy was Josh Kalu. That's a great, ooh, I like that a lot. Donald Donna, Mitchell was the, Donald Mitchell walked so Josh Kalu could run. Perfect, fast. there we go. <laughs> uh, 44 games played, 12 uh, games started. He played for the Titans from 99 to 2002 uh, and the Cowboys in 2003. And then that was pretty much it. Came out of Southern Methodist University. SMU. Um, I, I guess, thing, you know what? While, while your guy compares to Josh Kalu, I think my guy, Damian Williams, is more of a Tajay Sharp. I, and I love that. I think comparison. those are fair comparisons. I, I love I'm, look, and that's what we do. It's like, draft I, season. I got to get player comps down like that. See, you know? I'm I'm old enough to remember these old guys, and you're young enough to to make the the comparisons for <laughs> yeah. the, the comps for these guys. And I love that. It, we make a great team, Jack. We should do a podcast oh. together. Uh, no, but the reason I bring up uh, Donald Mitchell, and I brought this up before on a previous Remember the Titan. I don't remember who but it's because the final sentence of the first paragraph of his professional career section of his Wikipedia page, hmm. final sentence. So it's, you know, it talks about, uh, uh, you know, he played 16 games, ta- tallying seven tackles, one pass defense, 19 special teams tackled one block kick and one return interception for touchdown. The very next sentence 
the Titans would eventually make it to Super Bowl 34, where they lost to the Kurt Warner led St. Louis Rams. Okay, we have seen That's that exact foul. sentence word for word in a previous. For, what does that sentence have any business doing in that paragraph? <laughs> That's so unnecessary to include that sentence. Like it, it doesn't say that. Oh, just uh, the kick in the balls for guys wanting to go back and see who Donald Mitchell was. Yeah, it's it, like Donald Mitchell. I don't even know if he played in that Super Bowl. But some somewhere someone felt the need to add that sentence. And that's the second time now we have seen that sentence in a Wikipedia page, which is kind of pissing me off because Titans fans take to take to Wikipedia. It's time to go out with our pitchforks right? and find these bullshit sentences about that the Super sentence Bowl. has nothing to do with Donald Mitchell's career. And it pisses me off that they like there's somewhere out there. And I look and I and I I can probably tell you coming from St. Louis as probably a, a bitter St. Louis Rams fan that is trying to keep the name of the St. Louis Rams alive and probably just adding that sentence on every, on every freaking Titans, former Titans Wikipedia page out there, the, the, the Titans would eventually make it to Super Bowl 34 where they lost to the Kurt Warner led St. Louis Rams. We know, damn it. Like <laughs> what the hell? Like why, why? I just want to, I just want to learn about Donald Mitchell and his rookie season and I don't need to be reminded about the Titans losing to the Kurt Warner led St. Louis Rams it's out of bounds. It's completely out of bounds. That's just unprofessional. That, that's insult to injury right there. That is just adding on that is salt in the wounds that we don't need. All right. And I'm, and speaking of salt that describes my emotions right now. I am very salty. I'm pissed off. Now I'm, I, I do not want to end the podcast this way. First, we lose Malcolm <laughs> Butler. Now I'm being reminded of Super Bowl 34. And John U. Smith and Khalif Raymond and Isaiah Wilson. Oh, One geez, of those is a good See, thanks. Yeah, okay. This, okay, you know how I said at the beginning of the episode, this is the <laughs> Will Compton of Sodes? This is like, this is like the, the day you, you leave town and your, and your pets eat some, <laughs> uh, some terrible things and you all come back and they're all gone or dead. Right? That's, that's how you feel as a Titans fan. The house is being cleaned. I, I had a tree frog go- growing up. and um, What? Yeah, and it I had to feed it crickets, and we were about to go on vacation for two weeks, and I didn't want to, or like I I, I wanted to make sure whoever was pet sitting our dog would feed the feed, feed the crickets to the the tree frog. My mom was like, "No, we're not doing that. Just put all the crickets into the bin, and he'll oh, eat them. Man. He'll eat he's them." Gonna OD he's on crickets. Yeah. Let's just say two weeks later, we get back and I immediately go run upstairs. <laughs> you were gone for two weeks? Yeah, we were gone for two weeks. This tree frog had no chance to begin my with. Mo- my mom said he'll he'll eat him when he's hungry. Like he, what was his he, name? Van Gogh. Jesus Christ. Named after the famous painter. <laughs> I named him Van Gogh. Van Gogh the tree frog. So I immediately run upstairs and, and I loved Van Gogh. He was like, I would just talk to him in my bedroom. You know, like I, him and I were boys and frogs. And he... And I, I went up there immediately, and I'm, I kid you not, Jack, and I remember it vividly, rotted. He was rotted. Oh. He wasn't just dead. It wasn't like he was like- Did the crickets eat him? X's on the- They might have. They might have turned on him because <laughs> they probably outnumbered him. I had put like two weeks worth of crickets in there. Yeah, that's like that's like when, when you make the argument, okay, how many nine-year-old kids do you think you could beat up at one time yeah right it's like how many crickets could this frog take at once right and you're he like met his well, limit but, he met his match but don't frogs eat crickets yeah they do when they're not when he's not outnumbered by them <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And so I'm still bitter about oh. it to my mom. And which actually shout out to my mom. It's her birthday today uh, on the day. Oh, happy this. birthday. Mrs. Happy Huff. birthday, Mrs. Huff. Uh, we, yeah. R.I.P. Van Gogh the frog too. I'm still pissed though, mom. I love you. Happy birthday. But I'm still pissed about that damn frog. Uh, She's got uh, blood on her hands. So She's I'm going to frog blood on her hands. Jack, if you're okay with it, I'm going to dedicate this episode to Van Gogh. If that's cool. I'm cool with that. All right, good. There go. Right. This is for you, buddy. All right. Now we're ending on a good note. Okay, good. I'm glad we went there. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for this week. Guys, follow at A to Z Sports on all social media platforms. Shout out to our guy, Buck, who we share Buck, a podcast yeah. feed with. Technically, if Buck is now the host on 104.5 The Zone, does that mean we're like kind of like hosts a little bit? Like I don't know. We, share we are whatever feed? we call ourselves. That's for sure. All right. I'm calling. We can get away with a lot on this podcast. Deal. All right. Good. Hey, yes, guys. Congratulations to Buck. The midday show. Um, it's 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 going to be really good. Buck's going to do a great job with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. And uh, just as a um, since we do share this feed with Buck, this podcast feed, um, if you guys could just take 15 seconds, whatever you're doing right now, take 15 seconds and go to uh, your your podcast app leave a rating and review. Oh yeah. Five stars. And then just say, this is for the top idiots or, you know, whatever you want to say, the, the loyal Titans fanboy podcasters, uh, this is for them and not for that new, uh, one Oh four, five, the zone host, but, or, or yeah. Or, or comment on there. One Oh four point five stars for the Titan up podcast. <laughs> yeah. Half yes. a star for Buck rising. The there it is. Four five host. Yeah. One Oh four point five, uh, stars for the tops. <laughs> And uh, 0.5 stars for Buck. Uh, Somebody please do that. Please get a shout out. Yes, you will definitely get a shout out next week. So, uh, and trust me, Jack and I check that more frequently than we check our email. (laughs) All right, uh, guys, follow me at uh, Austin Huff on Twitter. Jack is at Jack A. Gentry. Jack, you got anything for the road? Nope. Uh, Hey, if you guys ever want us to hit on anything or uh, have a conversation with you, uh, you or or answer a question that you might have, shoot us an email because apparently I'm checking those again. Yeah. Uh, hey. Tighten up pod at gmail.com or tighten up pod at a to Z sports, Nashville.com. They're the same email for me. So uh, go ahead and whatever you want to talk about next week, send it in and we'll get to it. But um, for now, let's just all cross our fingers and cross our toes because yeah. John Robinson's got something. He's got something up his sleeve. Let's just hope he is in the library right now studying for that that the the test this offseason. Also, if you see John Robinson out at a grocery store, please Snapchat us what he or not Snapchat us. Please uh, tweet us yes. what he has in his cart. We got to settle this. Well, and what grocery store you're at too, because that's yeah. Oh, that's also true. When you see him at Trader Joe's, because he inevitably goes there. <laughs> or Whole Foods. I still think he's a Kroger guy, but you know, but you're right. Too much, too much grease in that hair for Kroger. Definitely pays or pays for gas. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for us, guys. We love you. We love you. And I, I can't say it enough. I can't stress it enough. We love each and every one of you guys who listen to this podcast. You're the best. And um, uh, I guess until next week, tighten, tighten up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting on.